Hello and welcome. Thank you for listening to Your Neighbor, a Priest, a podcast featuring commentary and theological reflection on local news and events in Southwest Washington and the larger themes that impact all of us as we wrestle with the challenges of life and in particular American life in the 21st century. I'm Father Nick Mather, Rector of St. Stephen's Episcopal Church in Longview, Washington. I am your neighbor and I am a priest. episode is a personal reflection on one of the most important expressions of our shared humanity, what it means to be and live in a community with one another. This is a serious question because we certainly don't all agree, but I think there are some fundamental truths about what it means to think beyond our own wants and desires, sometimes labeled as rights, to think of the greater good for all whose lives we touch. collective sense of community was shattered long before the coronavirus, but this shared experience of quarantine and isolation and pushback against stay-at-home orders have only magnified the reality that we, as a collective whole, have forgotten what it means to live in community with one another. Now before I go any further, I want to explicitly name two things that I think are true. One, we all, well mostly all, want to live in community. This is where civic pride finds its source. This is where a shared identity with those who are from the same place with the same experiences comes from. This is what is at the very root of a lot of the anger and frustration with being isolated during this time. We want to be in community with one another, sharing our lives with others, bumping into one another, and leaving impacts on others. And two, We have no idea what that actually looks like in practice, and I'm not entirely sure we really, truly ever have, based on the long-standing divisions present in our society. So with those two truths as our basis, I hope that you will join me in thinking about what it might mean to actually be a community now in this time of coronavirus and moving into the future. We have an opportunity right now to choose community over individualism. We have an opportunity right now to change how we move through this world and connect with one another, putting goodness out into creation and reaping the benefits of a shared collective outlook on how we coexist in this society. We have an opportunity to rewrite what it means to be part of our shared society, removing barriers, moving towards the ending of oppression and persecution, but only if we take this chance. been drawn during this time of isolation to the hope and promise of, eventually at least, living into the message and prayer of the song Crowded Table by the High Women. The song opens with the following lines. You can hold my hand when you need to let go. I can be your mountain when you're feeling valley low. I can be your streetlight showing you the way home. You can hold my hand when you need to let go. I want a house with a crowded table. 
and a place by the fire for everyone. Let us take on the world while we're young and able and bring us back together when the day is done. This song is clearly about what it means to truly live in community with your friends, your family, and with your neighbors, all of your neighbors, by supporting one another, by being the strength and guidance and support and quiet confidence behind another person. We can take on the world together and still come back together at the close of the day to share in our successes and our failures, to love and be loved, to embody fully what it means to be beloved. And yet, I don't see us working towards realizing this prayer in our world today. The crowded table, the place by the fire for everyone, cannot stop at the self-selected people that are part of our tribe. If the table is to be truly crowded, if the fire has a place for everyone, that must mean access is not limited, that our connection and invitation moves beyond the interest of the self and looks outwardly to all in our spheres of influence, that even pushes beyond to that stranger, who while our neighbor, we do not know and currently it seems do not care to know. I initially had a hard time understanding why there was a vocal crowd that was so adamantly opposed to the stay-at-home orders that we all are being asked to follow. We've seen this, of course, lead to armed protests across the country and even at our own state capitol building. We've seen this minority opinion, as based on most polling data, at least 60% of Americans are afraid we're opening too early, not that we're too late. We've seen this minority opinion even influence multiple state governments through leadership of their governors to reopen their states, even without restriction. The politicization of a public health crisis probably shouldn't have been surprising in hindsight, but initially I couldn't grasp this language of rights and aggression and the distrust of the vast majority of scientific data and medical professionals. But when I began to reflect on why I was so caught off guard by this violent pushback, I realized that what I was seeing were examples of how broken our understanding of community really is. When we turn our focus from the goal of living into community with one another, of benefiting from a diverse exchange of thought, of being formed and changed and inspired and motivated and challenged by the sharing of mutual respect with those whom we disagree with, we lose the understanding of why we would want to live into community in the first place. And in turn, we become so inwardly focused, so inwardly concerned with our singular, personal wants and desires. It makes the goal of community sound preposterous, far-fetched, incapable of being achieved. And perhaps the utopic understanding of community is a reach too far. But we also have not always existed in a society that is quite as far removed from it as we are today. Now, this isn't to say we've ever honestly been that close in American society, but looking around right now, at a time when we're being directly asked to care for our neighbors, 
and seeing violent and arrogant opposition in addition to all of our other faults and societal sins. This isn't a great time in our country's history. So, why are we so concerned with our rights? When these rights are clearly in conflict with what it means to live in community with one another, to live in community with our siblings in Christ in this creation. I think this singular focus on rights was initially a political push to delineate lines between two political parties and the so-called values that each party stood for. When you're told that you have inalienable rights and someone else is trying to take them, so you must support one party over another, it is certainly cause for action and a sense of persecution, even or perhaps particularly if you exist in a great state of privilege in our society. But as this understanding of rights began to take hold in the political context, it became deep-seated in our societal consciousness and began to negatively influence all aspects of our society moving beyond the limited arena of politics. We've moved from understanding the reality that we may approach problems from different perspectives and different theologies, but ultimately we have similar goals that we are trying to accomplish for the betterment of all in our shared communities, to an understanding that there is only one acceptable approach to any given problem. And if you disagree with my approach, well, then you are unpatriotic or a libtard or a trumptard or you're attacking my personal rights while not seeing the hypocrisy that others have the same rights to want the opposite of what you want, that you are somehow brainwashed by your self-selected party ideology. We need to drop the pretense that we're talking about rights here, because none of these conversations are about shared rights, but rather one person's, or sometimes parties, interpretation of what those rights are and how they should be realized in a shared society. It's a selfish, singularly focused understanding of what it means to be part of our world. It's a dangerous and ultimately blatantly, purposefully ignorant way of shifting blame and responsibility upon others for our own failures of living into the true sense of being community. We can be better than this. Particularly as Christians, we should know better and be better. In a blog post entitled, A Pissing Section of the Pool, Bishop Greg Rickle, Bishop of the Episcopal Diocese of Olympia, writes the following. Christianity is not a faith with rights. It is a faith with calls. We should spend a lot less time on what my personal right is and more time on what the call of the gospel and of our God is now for me in this time. I continue to be amazed that Christianity is a faith the origin of which comes directly from sacrifice, perhaps one of the greatest sacrifices ever, but much of our professed and practiced theology is one of entitlement, preference, avoiding sacrifice at all costs, most especially for anyone else. Sacrifice is the call of Christianity, 
It's the call that we as Christians must strive for at all times. It should be the singular focus of answering the call. For if we are not sacrificing anything to live into our call, then we are not moving out of our place of comfort. We are not challenging our preconceived notions. We're not pushing beyond the friendly confines of our comfortable space and into living into the truest expression of community that can only be established through sacrificing our personal wants and desires for the health and prosperity of the whole community. When we move into even attempting this as our approach to the world, we cannot help but find an even greater reward than any we have ever gotten from fighting only for our own selfish interests. And this is where we find ourselves today. We were already a broken world before the coronavirus. What this time of pandemic has shown is just how broken we truly were and are. So, how do we come back from this place of brokenness? Can we come back from this place of brokenness? How do we heal our communities where all, and I mean all, experience the healing that is needed today and the healing that has been needed for years, decades, even centuries. The song Crowded Table continues with the following lines. If we want a garden, we're going to have to sow the seed, plant a little happiness, let the roots run deep. If it's love that we give, then it's love that we reap. If we want a garden, we're going to have to sow the seed. The door is always open. Your picture is on my wall. Everyone's a little broken and everyone belongs. Yeah, everyone belongs. We must be willing to dig in and get our own hands dirty so that others can prosper from our work. We must create the reality of a truly open door where every broken person is welcomed in with love. And we have to stand with love in defiance of the self-focused individualistic approach that has gripped our society so strongly and firmly. When we come together, to learn and grow and listen and challenge and be changed through love for each other and for the brokenness that we all carry, to truly hear the other person and their lived experience and be influenced by them, to change our collective society so that they are never made the other again, they are never persecuted again, they are ne never made lesser than again, then we will begin to heal our communities, then we will begin the work towards being a community. We cannot accomplish this by encouraging the spread of a virus that knows no boundaries of age or race or geography, simply because we have a self-interest that isn't currently being met. This does mean we have to sacrifice for our collective good. My hope is that this experience will clearly show that we can only experience success as a community and as a society if we become united for the greater collective good over our own self-interest. My fear is that this experience will only drive us further apart and irreparably harm whatever remaining semblances of connection we have with one another.
Thank you for joining me today for Your Neighbor, a Priest. Join me next time for a conversation and celebration of pride with special guest Pastor Megan Filer of Bethany Lutheran. That episode will premiere on Monday, June 1st. Until then, stay home, stay healthy, be well, and God's peace and love be with you all.